Hey, what's up, bar listeners? Before we get into this episode, want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by AGTV. That's right. The people that made the American Gospel documentary has come up with a streaming service app that's pretty much like Netflix for solid biblical content. Go to watch AGTV. Use the code BAR, the number one, to get 10% off the monthly rate. AGTV is so awesome. They also have our very own Just Thinking podcast on there. So you want to make sure you go to watchagtv.com. Use the code BAR, the number one, for 10% off. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. To the bar, come on and pull up a seat and open up your Bible. What a wonderful feast! The living bread, and we're discussing what it means for the streets, the inner cities, and the burbs, and every person we meet. This is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news. In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you. We're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces. This is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it. And this is for the truth lovers, biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations. Yeah, welcome to the of reformation yeah the bar biblical and reformed welcome everybody to the bar it's your boy Dwayne in the building right back in here another tuesday super excited as always be coming through your speakers through your earbuds wherever you listen to the bar we're grateful that you're listening and like i do every week i bring in awesome guests and this guest is a part of an elite group the repeat offenders a repeat guest on the show a good friend of mine none other than uh pastor jim how you doing today sir Good, Dwayne. Good to hear from you and talk to you again. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good to have you, man. Um, I, I've had the pleasure of staying connected with you, uh, which which I just I love when I find good people just staying connected and, and just send random how you doing text, man. And uh, and, and we, we've held that, that, that relationship since then. man. so I, I definitely appreciate you uh, first not ignoring my text messages and then uh, just <laughs> being a good friend. man. I do appreciate that. So those that might have missed that first show, man. And just uh, kind of introduce yourself, tell anything you want to share, personal, professional. You got the floor to do that right here. All right. Well, my name is Jim Osmond. I pastor a small church up in rural North Idaho, just outside of Sandpoint, Idaho, about an hour south of the U.S.-Canadian border. It's a non-denominational church. I'm more reformed in my soteriology, not necessarily my eschatology, but my soteriology. And um, I've been pastoring since 1996. And uh, so it's almost 25 years now. Nice. Nice. That is uh, 25 years. That's a, a lot of time to lend your services uh, to, the, to the people, you know, to the Lord first and to the people. Yeah, so we, and uh, all in the same church, actually. Yo, all man, in the same church. And, 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 yeah. And in the church that uh, I got saved as a result of the church's ministry in my life. So wow. um, they were instrumental in leading me to the Lord and right. then sending me to Bible college. And, and when I got out of Bible college and graduated from there, I was kind of back at, at home here in Sandpoint, just uh, working. I was working in the trades, doing a little construction and some mm-hmm. roofing. And 
various odd jobs and, and the previous pastor resigned and they kind of looked at me and said, well, you're sort of, you know, you're the young blood and uh, you went to college, you should know what to do. So they asked me if I would do that. And I was only 24 years old at the time. Wow. And I'm not sure if they were um, foolish or naive or just really trusting. <laughs> wow. That is awesome, man. So I didn't know that part, man. I, I'm, I want to dig into that just a little bit before we get to the real reason why I got sure. you here, because I have a lot of local pastors that listen to this podcast and, uh, you know, guys that start up and, you know, coming out of seminary, a lot of those guys. So coming back to the home church, church you got saved in, church everybody knows you. How was that um, get uh, stepping into the leadership role? Were there any uh, things you know, that came was, against you or what, how was that transition? No, you know, it's, it was it was really interesting because um, nothing was as I would have expected it to be. Mm. We we were a small church of about 25 people at the time. And mm-hmm. so I was well known. They had known me from youth group on up and I kind of was serving almost, I wasn't serving as a recognized elder, but I was teaching Sunday school. I was, you know, exercising hospitality and doing mm-hmm. a lot of things that elders do, even though I wasn't recognized as an elder at the time. And I really didn't think that I was called to serve in any kind of an elder or pastoral responsibility. Mm-hmm. And the previous pastor, when he stepped down, it was just because he wanted to give his time and attention to a full-time job and, and not have to split vocationally right. between pastoring the church and, and working on another job. So he was kind of doing part of one and part of the other. And he just, he just felt like he wanted to move out of pastoring. So it was no moral disqualification or anything like that. Right. And so when they asked me to take over as pastor within a couple of years, um, well, the previous pastor, his dad was also at the church and his dad was the pastor before him. Oh, wow. So I had two previous pastors at the church when I assumed the role of, of elder here and preaching pastor. And I can honestly tell you there was no competition and no, mm. um, you know, no resentment or anything on behalf of either of the previous guys with some of the changes that we made or things that we did. There was no sort of, you know, back when I was, when I did this, we, we did it this way. And, you know, you, you young whippersnapper, you need to kind of get in line and, <laughs> and do it likewise. And there was none of that ever. Wow. I had nothing but support from the two previous men. They were, they were godly men. I love both of them. Uh, a couple of years ago, um, I don't know if it's been two years now, the, uh, the first pastor, the, the father of the previous one, he passed away and, and we remained in, in contact and, and friends till the end. I, I had nothing but love and respect for him. And I never had any issues with either one of those two men. So stepping into leadership position, I think it allowed me to make some of the changes that needed to be made to the church uh, quickly and easily without having to earn people's trust and respect because they knew me mm-hmm. and they trusted me and I had already taught and I had already preached. And so there was already a level of trust and and a certain amount of respect that I I had there because I had been part of the church for so long. So mm-hmm. that when I, I stepped in, I wasn't like a new guy coming in from outside that had to sort of earn his right. keep and, and sort of earn that respect over five to seven years before you could start making changes without upsetting people. I was able to, by the grace of God, able to do that and uh, had the, the love and, and trust of the people early on, which was, was good. It was, it made for some healthy transitions to various things that I think we needed to change as a church. Oh, for sure. Wow. That's amazing. Um, that, you know, just, it's God orchestrated, man, because I've heard so many yeah. different, you know, stories of, you know, especially something like that where both guys are still there and people being undermined and, and things like that or having to earn the respect. So that is a that's amazing, man. I'm glad you shared that with us. And that's going to give somebody in a seminary hope that it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> there may, you may look <laughs> well, up. When I, oh, 
Yeah, with with two previous pastors here, there was a period of time when both of them were on the elder board, an elder wow. board of three men, and then added myself. And and there were times when both the previous pastors were on the elder board, and we trusted one another, loved one another, respected right. one another, and and worked. I mean, that's that I think is an evidence of the spirit of God at work in the hearts of people when when you For can sure. do that without any kind of of um you know trying to to cut one another out or undermine one another or anything like that. There's no conflict or competition right. amongst us. It was just, um, it was the work of the spirit of God. And that, that goes against all conventional wisdom. I mean, at a seminary, they would tell you, if you're going to step into a church, make sure that the previous pastor is no longer there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise people won't follow your leadership. Well, I mean, there was, it was because of the previous pastor's um, belief in what I was doing and trust in me and mutual respect and love for one another that people did follow my leadership. It was because of what they contributed to it. So if there's anything to be learned there, it is that if you are a previous pastor, you should, you should conduct yourself in a, in a godly fashion and support whoever, whoever succeeds you. And hopefully at some point in the future, when I retire and I hand this off to somebody else uh, to take over my most prominent position of leadership here as being the most prominent elder um, the most visible one, I should say, when I hand that position off to somebody else, hopefully I'll have the grace, and I believe I will have the grace to to help them out so that they succeed and and uh, make a smooth transition. That is amazing, man. Uh, again, I appreciate you sharing that because it's not often you hear uh, just that that kind of behavior. So I definitely appreciate that. No. So, man, let's get into uh, while we're here. Um, those true true blue bar listeners know when you were on here before uh we were talking about your book uh i think do you call it tot <laughs> i remember we was texting or something you abbreviated it i can't remember what did you say yeah i abbreviated tot yeah 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 so truth truth uh was it truth or territory i always mix it up what is the name Correct. of it yes truth or territory that's it so that book um has uh really it, it was it was amazing um it 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 like i told you in the interview you know i knew it was going to impact my household you know my wife uh you know read it uh or in reading it um the small group that i'm in shout out to my small group my friday uh it's a couple small group shout out to them we're actually getting ready to go through it i think i mentioned that to you um, and when we thought it was all, you know, everything was good, good. And we were ready to stop, uh, putting hedge, uh, thorny hedge of protection around our kids. You come <laughs> out with this new book, uh, called, uh, what is it? God, God don't whisper. What is the name of it? Yeah. God doesn't whisper. Doesn't whisper. And the title in itself, <laughs> it, 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 it piqued my interest. My ears are perked up. Soon as I, uh, soon as I, as soon as you told me that, man. So, uh, let's jump into that, man. Let's talk about that. What is that book is a, uh, what is that book about, man? And God, who, who said God doesn't whisper then? Come on, talk to me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, um, it, it seems as if all the books that I write end up being a mea culpa for past uh, heretical beliefs or, <laughs> or aberrant beliefs that I've believed at one time or another. When I first got saved, very much like the spiritual warfare stuff that, that uh, I deal with in Truth the Territory, I believed a lot of, um, I think now, unbiblical things about how God speaks to us. Mm. Um, my first year at Bible college, when I got to the end of that, um, I was exposed to, had been exposed to a bunch of Christians who, who talked and spoke and made decisions as if God were whispering uh, nudgings and promptings and, and private messages in their ears. <laughs> and so the kids who would got the end of the first year and they were needed to make a decision about whether or not to come back for second year of college, 
they would talk about, well, the Lord just spoke to me, he revealed me. He, you know, I heard the still small voice. I, I felt a nudging and impression. I, I, the Lord is prompting me, et cetera. They use this language and they say, well, I had a, I had a piece about it. Or they would say, mm-hmm. you need to put out a fleece and ask God to reveal his will to you through a fleece like Gideon. And, <laughs> you know, is God opening a door? Is God giving you a sign? Uh, uh, stuff like this. That was the language that they used. And so I thought, well, this is, I mean, I don't, I don't hear any of this, but maybe this is biblical. And so I, I was praying and begging for God to reveal to me whether or not I should come back for Bible college to a second year. And, and, uh, I, I never heard any still small voices or promptings or nudgings or anything at the, at the end of the day, at the end of that year, I eventually did what I most wanted to do and desired to do. And that was to go back and continue my education at Bible college, mm. even though I didn't know that the Lord was going to call me to be a pastor right. uh, after that. So that's what I believed. And, and shortly after I made that decision and came back for a second and then a third year of Bible college, I was exposed to one of the Bible pro- professors who challenged me and that whole paradigm of hearing the voice of God. Um, he challenged me to, to evaluate that in the light of scripture. And I came to the conclusion that uh, God has spoken to us in his word and he has given to us everything necessary for life and godliness. And we need, we need no, we didn't, don't need to hear the voice of God outside of scripture. We don't, shouldn't expect to hear the voice of God outside of scripture. And we can't learn to hear the voice of God outside of scripture. Mm. If God is not speaking to us, then there's nothing we can do to hear him. And if he is speaking to us, then there's no possibility that he will not be heard Mm. because the God who is speaking always ensures that what he says will be understood by the person to whom he is speaking. So the gist of the book is that God is not whispering to us in that way. He has given to us scripture instead as our guide and we have in Scripture everything we need for making this daily decisions, mm-hmm. and the things that Scripture does not address, like whether I should have Chinese or Mexican for lunch today, uh, those decisions are left up to us to decide, and God is not necessarily concerned with whether I have Chinese or uh, Mexican for lunch, so long as I eat, drink, and do all things to the glory of God. Mm, 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 mm. So in the book, so that's the gist of the book. God does not whisper. He's not, he's not whispering in our, our voice, in our ears and, and giving us nudgings and promptings. And we shouldn't expect him to do so because we have no promise in scripture that, um, we will hear the voice of God in anywhere other than in scripture itself. Mm, mm. Jim, <laughs> I love it so much. Jim, you just don't know. I, I was at a church that we walked through, uh, we, it was a whole workbook of hearing the voice of God, literally. That it was some yeah. book that had came out, and uh, we we I mean I was a part of that church at that time. Was it experiencing God? Yeah, well I I think it yep it was it was experiencing God by, yep. Hen- by Henry Blackaby. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yep we we had the workbooks yeah. and everything, man. Um, that <laughs> that that is so. Uh, I mean, it's so freeing, man. When when you when you really think about it, you know, people that are trying to, you know, especially those that don't hear anything. It, you know, the honest people, yeah. because they feel like they're less. They feel like they're not, uh, they're not godly exactly enough. Right. They're not Christian enough. Oh man. I, you know, I, you know, when I was in those circles, I didn't think about those folks. You know, I was too busy embellishing my own story, you know, like <laughs> right. you know, God told me or, or, Oh, my, my favorite one. And you mentioned it. I got a piece about this. You know, I thought about it and just a piece came <laughs> over me. <laughs> Yeah, that's my that used to be my favorite one, man. Uh, And I remember the very first time um, I think it was the first time I heard Vody, but Vody, somebody sent me a message from uh, Pastor Vody Bacham and he was talking about having that, you know, waiting for a piece is similar to witchcraft, you know, like a like you're chasing after a feeling or whatever. And um, and that that got me, man. So um, let's let's dive a little deeper, man, Um, because I love your approach. 
in uh, truth, truth of territory, um, just setting the biblical, you know, basis up front and then just walking through some of the things. Um, so I, you mentioned what you experienced in college, you know, are there any more experiences or, or, uh, you know, some, some story like things in this book or whatever that you can kind of touch on? Yeah, you know, the that was that college. I begin the book by with the chapter one is called The Crisis of College, where I tell that whole story in, in uh, great detail. And at the end of that first year, I, I began to, it, at first it caused me to doubt really my own salvation, because I thought, what, why am I not having these private revelations? Why mm-hmm. am I not hearing still small voices in my cranium like everybody else seems to be hearing? And that made me wonder, is it because I'm not is it because I'm not spiritual enough? Is it because I'm not, I'm not truly saved? Am I not? I mean, Jesus said that his sheep will hear his voice. And Mm -hmm. so if I'm not hearing that voice, if I'm not getting these promptings (laughs) and seeing these signs clearly laid out for everybody, then what's wrong with me? You know, why is God speaking to other people and not me? Am Mm -hmm. I under discipline? Is it because I'm not mature enough? That's the, that would, that's what I began to doubt and wonder. And that crisis, that, that really, I was never able to shake that for the, for the next couple of years until, I finally ran into a, the Bible college professor I talked about that that challenged that whole thing. So that was a that crisis was more than just um, you know I didn't hear it at that one occasion, but it was it became. I began I I, I mentioned this in the book. I, I began to negotiate with God. Okay, so <laughs> if you're not going to talk to me, give me a sign. You know, mm-hmm. uh, make my entire next year's tuition be paid before I leave this year. Mm. And and if that happens, then I know I'll be then I know that your will is that'll be a clear, direct sign. I'll consider that a word from you. I'll consider that revelation. And that didn't happen. And so then it got closer to the end of the school year. And I'm like, okay, well, just half a tuition, just half a semester, <laughs> half, a, half a year, one semester, not the whole year, just half a semester. If you do that, Lord, I'll do it. And 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 then I got down to bargaining. God would just have, just have someone step forward and pay for my books for that next year, not tuition, just the books. Then I would know, you know, or just like a, just a deposit. And I was, I felt like Abraham bargaining for a city, <laughs> you know, if there's 10, yep, just, yep. if there's nine, will you spare it? And that's what I was asking God to do. Just wow. give me something, give me something. And he never, I believe now that the whole point of that was that he would cast me back upon his word. And mm-hmm. I believe his intention in that was to show me that the reason that he was not giving me private revelation was not because I wasn't his child or I wasn't his sheep. And it wasn't because I wasn't spiritual enough or mature enough or because I hadn't learned it, it's because I didn't need it. What I need is scripture. And I made my, make, make our decisions on the basis of scripture and scripture alone. And that is sufficient. Right. Wow. Yeah. No, that, that is, that makes so much sense, man. Um, and, and yeah, I think I've been in those bargaining, uh, conversations with God as well, you know, uh, wanting a certain outcome, um, and, and trying to, you know, like, let's do this, let's do that. Wow. So good, man. So, so good, brother. You know, um, I know, uh, you know, I know you and uh, Justin, uh, good friends, and and I think you were his pastor before he moved. Uh, One of of his, he gets, he gets credit for this quote, but I don't know if he actually, you know, is the author of it, but he talks about, you know, if you want to hear God speak, you know, read your Bible. If you want to hear him audibly, read your Bible out loud, you know, but a lot of people give him credit for that. But that's what I think about when I, you know, just listening to your book and, and, uh, and, and, you know, uh, just listening to what the book is about. Um, and, and I'm assuming you point back to scripture like you did with, with T-O-T-O-T is, you know, you point back to that's where God speaks, man. So, 
talk about that. There may be somebody listening that that don't understand the authority of scripture, you know, and, and don't understand that it, it yeah. that is God's word and this is is uh, authentic word. So so talk about that a little bit before we go to our break. Yeah, so we we either believe that God has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness in his word and that his word is sufficient or or we don't. We're looking for something else. And I think that everything that plagues modern evangelicalism, every issue that the church deals with today, whether we're talking about the seeker-sensitive movement or bad theology or bad preaching or bad methodology or whatever it is, all of it boils comes back to a lack of belief in the sufficiency of Scripture. In the spiritual war- warfare, it comes out that people think that they need to interview demons or they need some <laughs> spiritual warfare expert or something revealed by God outside Scripture to give them the ability to have victory over Satan and his demons, and and that is an undermining of the sufficiency of Scripture. And this theology that God whispers to us in our ears and gives us impressions and nudgings and leads us in this way, and that, and that we should expect to hear from God, and, and we must learn to hear from God outside Scripture, that itself is also an assault upon the sufficiency of Scripture. That's if right. we believe that God has given to us everything we need, we need, we need nothing else. It is sufficient. I have enough in Scripture that if, when I have mastered this book, then I will need something more. But until I've mastered that book from Genesis to Revelation, I need nothing more. Mm. And and you and I, in a hundred lifetimes, are not going to master everything in Scripture. That's right. And so uh, I I bring it right back to the, the the Scripture is sufficient. God has given to us what we need for decision making, for hearing from Him. We can open up the pages of Scripture and we can read. And when we read and understand the text, we are hearing God speak in his word mm. that is his word it's not that the bible becomes the word of god when it comes alive to us or jumps off the page at us it is the bible is the word of god i can be reading through the psalms and i am hearing the voice of god in the word of god as i'm understanding the passage as i read it and i don't need to hear him say jim have chinese food for lunch <laughs> or jim go talk to your neighbor i don't need those things those things are not necessary for me to live a god-honoring life jim, i need you- scripture you, you're and, gonna make me uh, and, get and some Chinese food, enough. just so you know. You keep talking about Chinese food. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I must have Chinese food in the brain, man. Uh, it must be, man. That's been your example both times, man. I'm like, Jim, I'm, are you gonna make me get some Chinese food? I, God told me. <laughs> Go, go get some Chinese food. <laughs> no, man. I'll, I'll give another awesome. example. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get another example. But, man, no, that that's spot on, man. That's awesome. And I said I was going to go to the break, but I want to bring up one more thing. I don't know if you even address it, but um, it's something that I know you can address on the air. Um, because I know a lot of people that they don't necessarily talk about God saying, or they'll say they had a dream, you know, and the dream was mm-hmm. prophetic or whatever. Do you cover that in the book or, or anything like that? that you I know, do. Yeah. Whispering? Chapter 14 is titled, Perfect. I had a dream and, and I deal with, um, I deal with that issue of whether God's speaking to us through his dreams and, and whether dreams are authoritative or revelatory today. Mm, yes, sir. That, that right there. I need that one. <laughs> I know, I know quite a few people that, uh, still, you know, uh, think, think the dream, you know, they, they don't necessarily, I guess, co-sign with, with, uh, prophecy or whatever, but they still think the dream, uh, is symbolic or like I said, revelatory. And one thing that, that helped me with that, and it's funny, I'm just being real with my listeners and, uh, feel like I'm talking to my friend Jim on the phone or something. But one thing that helps me, helped me with the dream concept, even before I had sound theology was, uh, there was a Chinese movie called Shogun Assassin. 
And then Shogun Assassin, the son, <laughs> had a dream. He had a bad, he said, I had a bad dream. And, and his dad looked at him and said, son, dreams are just dreams. And that was it. Like, oh, okay. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that w- That's it. And what, uh, you know, I've, I've pointed out to people, why should I believe that the, the fevered imaginations of my slumbering brain mm. are authoritative revelation from God? And Ooh. I quote in there, Jack Beer, um, and guys like Jack Deere and charismatics who would say, Oh, you don't want to miss a dream. You never know when God's going to be speaking mm-hmm. to you through a dream. That's, that's one of God's primary ways is love his languages that he speaks to us is in dreams. Well, on, why should I think that God is, needs a dream to, to get mm-hmm. my attention? He has given to me his word. Why, why would I trust what he gives to me in a dream? How do I know that my dream comes from God? Mm-hmm. There's nothing in scripture that says that, that gives me any instruction on when to know that a dream is from God and it's revelatory. And when a dream is just, the bad tacos that I ate for lunch. So there's, there's a different food. Bad there you Chinese go. Food, boy. How do I know if a dream, a dream is caused by the bad Chinese food that I had after my interview on the bar podcast, or if my dream is a revelation from God, I have no way of knowing that. Exactly. Scripture doesn't tell me if, if it's self-deception wow. or if it's just um, the result of my, my mind just active during the day. You know, how many times have you done something all day long? You know, you're doing one job all day long and then you go to bed and you dream about it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Sometimes our dreams are just the, the result of what we've been doing all day long or a confluence of various events that all have happened to us and they all kind of come together in a dream. Why do mm-hmm. I think that that's revelatory? And then it's, it's confusing. What do I make of the symbols? There's nothing in scripture that tells me exactly. that God, that there's nothing in scripture that promises me that God will speak to me in a dream. Mm. There's nothing in scripture that tells me how to know when a dream is from him or when it's from Satan or when it's from myself. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing in scripture that tells me how to interpret a dream. Wow. For that, I have to go to Jack Deere, who has like a, he has a whole chapter in his book, um, Surprised by the Voice of God, where he talks about the, the dream vocabulary that God gives us and how you interpret the symbols and dreams. And yep. he has all of these bizarre, these bizarre parameters for how you interpret dreams. There's nothing, all of that is outside scripture. There's nothing in scripture that tells me that I should trust my dream or even that I should consider my dream as God trying to say anything to me at all. If God mm. needs to say something to me, he has said it in his word. He can make it clear. He, he doesn't whisper. That's right. He brother. doesn't whisper in our dreams. Whew. So good, man. So good. You, you know, that's, that, that, that's hitting home. And that's, that's why I asked. And I, I'm so glad you covered that. I can't wait to get my hands on that book. So, all right, right here, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition, ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Back. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy, Pastor Chris Hernandez. And this is Jimmy De Los Santos. And we're your boys from SolarCast. We're just a couple of average guys who came out of the charismatic movement to a reformed understanding of theology. That's right. Catch us with a new episode every Tuesday morning on all the platform networks, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Our Heart Radio, and the like. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Sola underscore cast. Also search for us on Facebook, like the page, share the page. Let's get to the meat. Let's do it. All right, we're back in here with my good friend, Pastor Jim, and uh, we're just talking about this book. And so this book, uh, we're actually going to have some copies to give away as prizes uh, for bar listeners. You listen to this episode. Um, If you listen to this episode, uh, write a review 
or subscribe to the email list or shoot me a direct message if you already did all of that. I'll pick uh, maybe three. I think he's sending me five. I'm gonna keep two. So I'll, <laughs> I'll pick that's three. true. Yep. I'll pick three uh, lucky listeners to get a free copy uh, of this new book. Uh, God doesn't whisper. Uh, so excited. So you got to do one of the three: subscribe, write a review, uh, or just message me directly. Actually, message me if you do any of those, and just let me know. Screenshot it, and we'll we'll send you a free copy uh, as soon as possible. So, all right, Pastor Jim, right here. Uh, we these are your favorite questions, and I'm glad you was like, yeah, this is the podcast to ask about what books and stuff. So that means my questions stand out in my guest mind, and they remember me for this. So. I feel really good about that. So we're going <laughs> to gonna jump right in, man. And, and uh, just in case anything's changed, man, what kind of music do you listen to? I'm very eclectic in my music. I, I, I don't like a lot of the contemporary Christian music stuff. I just, I, I am repulsed by the Jesus is my boyfriend songs that get churned <laughs> out by Christian musicians. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like some of the sovereign grace and the Gettys music that's come out as well as city of light and some of that good worship music. I enjoy that, but I'm a child of the eighties and I, I do enjoy a little bit of classical music, some secular music. Um, I, I like pretty much almost anything except for acid rock or hard rock <laughs> and country. You know, nice. those are like two extremes of the spectrum that I just cannot get into. <laughs> so I enjoy a, I, I enjoy a little bit of classical music now and again as well. So I'm, sure. I'm pretty eclectic. Nice. Okay. All right. Good deal. All right. So let's go to the, the reading list. What book or books are you currently reading? Currently, I am reading uh, The Atonement by A.W. Pink, mm. and uh, I'm almost done with that. And I'm reading... Um, what's the name of it? it's not here in front of me. What about free will? I think by, uh, Oh, what is that guy's name? Mm, I don't have it in front of me here, man. That's uh, what about free will is the title of it. Okay. A modern, a modern, uh, approach to the, or a modern a book on the subject of free will and how our choices mesh with the sovereignty of God in a compatibilist sense. Mm. And I think it's probably the easiest read. It's kind of, if, if you were to take, Jonathan Edwards and kind of put it in modern vernacular. Okay. Um, that would be, that would be that book. It's just a good take dealing with compatibilism and libertarian freedom, what affects our choices, et cetera. Um, that, that, that's it. That's a good one. Nice. Um, so I'm enjoying those two and soon, sometime soon I'm going to pick up the death of death by John Owen and uh, read that. And then I've got a, uh, another one that was recommended by Kurt Daniel called the history and theology of Calvinism that I picked up at shepherd's conference this last year. That's, that's on my short list of books to read. Nice. Good deal. So those are four of them for you. All right. That's perfect, man. That's perfect. All right, sir. Last signature bar question is what podcast or sermons do you listen to? If any, uh, I love, I enjoy the preaching of John MacArthur. I listen to his po- grace to you podcast. Um, or at least the pulpit feed, I guess, that comes from Grace Community Church. And then I also enjoy Phil Johnson with um, uh, Grace to You. He's the executive director of Grace to You. His Sunday school class with Phil Johnson and Mike Riccardi called the Grace Life Pulpit is fantastic. Mm. And uh, I also enjoy, um, uh, let me see, religious shows, Stand to Reason with uh, Greg Kokel. I enjoy mm-hmm. that podcast. Uh, Greg, and since we're talking about God Doesn't Whisper, Greg was he, he doesn't know me from Adam, but he was instrumental in 
in uh, affecting my thinking because when I was starting to put all the pieces together and question some of my preconceived notions regarding how God spoke to us, I, I ran across uh, Gary Friesen's book, Decision Making and the Will of God. And shortly after that, I ran across uh, Greg Kochel's teaching series, his CD series called Decision Making and the Will of God. And where he kind of, he went through a lot of this, you know, whether God speaks to us outside scripture or not, mm. and what does it mean that, to have a peace about something? And what about fleeces and dreams? And, and uh, you know, are we saying that God can't ever speak to us, et cetera? How does God speak through scripture? He dealt with all of that. And uh, so Greg Kokel was really instrumental in helping me crystallize and put into, into words what it was that I was really struggling with. And he was instrumental in changing my mind. Uh, in that Gary Friesen and uh, Greg Kokel both. So I listen to Stand to Reason, SDR's podcast, okay. the Good Apologetics podcast. And that's not to say that I agree with everything, you know, that, that I read on every podcast or hear on every podcast, but those are probably the, the ones that in the Christian realm that I listen to the most. Awesome. Awesome. Now that's perfect, man. Listen, I really appreciate you coming on the show. This was really, really good. And uh, I'm excited uh, to get this new book. And, um, and and definitely get my listeners to to order it. We'll have a link in the show notes so you can go to Amazon or uh, wherever. I might get a link from you, Jim. You say you got another connect. <laughs> get it straight from you. Yeah. We'll, we'll do that, man. Um, and so uh, I always like to kind of close out, give you an opportunity to speak to the listeners. Uh, is there anything you want to tell uh, as far as encouragement or any words you want to leave with them? You could do that right here. Yeah, I would I would just want to leave your listeners with an encouragement to trust in and rest upon the sufficiency of what God has provided for us in Scripture. We I don't think that we understand the depth and the power and the blessing of the Word of God like we should. It is living, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is all that you need for life and godliness. He has provided everything for you in Scripture. We need nothing outside of Scripture to know God's will, to conform us to the image of Christ, or to sanctify us. He does that through the truth. And the truth is revealed in the Word of God, and that is all we need. And so I would say reject every philosophy of men, every vain ideology, every every ism and thinking that suggests that we need something other than the pure, perfect, and sufficient Word of God. Awesome. Awesome. Amen, brother. Yes, sir. Well, listen to the bar listeners. Appreciate you guys tuning into the bar podcast and uh, make sure you guys sign up for the extra content behind the scenes, extra time, extra questions uh, with your boy, Dwayne. Make sure you go to the bar Make sure you go to the bar gear, pick you up some bar gear, working your bar gear. Make sure you let us know that you're doing it till next time. You guys, God bless you. And we are out of here.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.